So Richard Dennis, the most tra- famous trader in the world who took whatever it was, $400 from his dad. And he went to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, I believe, and took it up to whatever it was, 10 million or whatever. Hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh, sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Walter, uh, what do you think about edges? How long do they last? Do you think they last forever? And maybe let's talk about the different types of edges also. Yeah, you know, my, my thinking has actually changed on this. It'd be interesting to hear what you think. So, okay, so I used to, I still do think that the simpler the edge, um, the more likely it is to maintain over into the future, like yeah. to be robust. But I think there's kind of two things going on here. And, and as traders, we confuse the two. Thing number one is, did your system stop working because, you know, it just, it ran its course the markets are now changing. There's high frequency computerized trading or whatever, and whatever people blame it on. Mm-hmm. It's usually the computers though. <laughs> they, usually, they usually blame it. I mean, they, if you look back, they were blaming it on the computers in like the eighties, you know, and they're still blaming it on the computers. Yeah. I think it's funny. But so there's that. And, and I think that's real, especially if you have a lot of variables in your strategy, like, you know, five indicators, and then you have all these multiple settings that you can choose for all the indicators and all that, like that, that's probably true. And that's why I try and go as simple as possible. However, the other side of it that I don't hear a lot of people talk about is whether or not you as a trader, have you decided that the, the experience of this drawdown you're in is to such an extent that you've decided, no, it doesn't work anymore. That's a different question, right? Like, let's say someone hurts their leg. So my daughter, she hurt her, she sprained her ankle the other day and, you know, she couldn't walk. She couldn't, she was on a trampoline. She sprained her ankle and she, she couldn't walk, couldn't do this and that. And um, it's, it's kind of like a pain threshold. If you think of it in trading, there's like, we, we all have this internal pain threshold for drawdowns. And once it gets to a certain point, it's like, nah, I can't do this anymore. It's broken. I got to scrap it. I got to change it. I got to do something. I can't keep doing, going down this path. And it's the same, I think, that's a, it's sort of like a pain threshold. At a certain point, someone will just say, I can't walk anymore. Or, you know, I can't, I can't, move, you know, I can't raise my arm or whatever, you know, whatever the pain issue is, wherever that pain is. And so that's a separate question. So you, and, but that's under your control, right? Like you can, you can map out your risk using Monte Carlo spreadsheets and all kinds of uh, even formula to determine, you know, the likelihood of certain drawdowns given your risk parameters. So that's totally under your control. It's the other side that you're talking about that we usually blame it on which I think, I think that's real. I think it does happen. I think the best thing you can do is, be, uh, is make your strategy as simple as possible. And so in statistics, they talk about degrees of freedom. How many degrees of freedom do you have? That's basically how many different parts of your strategy do you have? So the simpler, the better. And one thing I think that, that humans have an advantage over systems and computers is generalized pattern recognition. I'm sure that it's possible to program it, and that with AI and all that stuff, neural nets and everything, you can, you can do it. But I think that's not within the realm of most retail traders to have that ability to get some sort of program that, that even approximates what you can do as a human, just looking at the charts and going, okay, I see this is, you know, basically a bullish trend that's a severe pullback or whatever, you know, I think those things are kind of hard to, to program in. So I think you do have an advantage, I do believe, as a retail trader, if you use that, which is sort of the big picture, you know, that's what I think. I think that there's two things to think about. And I've seen strategies 
that I thought were good on across the board. I've seen them not work on certain pairs and things like that. So I've come around to that. So like the classic is, you know, if you're trading a reversion to a mean strategy, you know, the CAD Swiss is a really good pair to use. If you're trading a uh, trend trading strategy, the Euro Yen is a very good pair to to, Mm -hmm. to trade. And so there's certain like, you know what I mean? Certain pairs have different sort of profiles. And so that's something that Aussie CAD is another one. Aussie CAD is really good with reversion to the mean strategies, not, not so, not so good. I mean, it obviously trends, but it's not as good as say the pound yen, the Euro yen, the pound New Zealand, the Euro New Zealand, things like that. So, mm-hmm. so I do believe there is something to it in terms of like systems that break or systems that like certain markets. That's any programmer can tell you that. Um, I've moved a little bit more toward that side. Whereas before I said, no, they work on everything, but I've seen like my daily kangaroo tails don't seem to work very good on the U S dollar yet Japanese yen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not. Um, the data since I wrote my book is, I think, bears that out. You know, maybe it'll flip and start going good again. But from what I've seen, it's not there. So that's what I think. What do you? What do you? What are your thoughts on? on yeah, quick question before I talk about it, though. Like, have you seen strategies that work for a very long time? Well, yes. Um, the classic would be the turtle trading system, yeah, right? Yeah. And what happened though is that in the '90s, I think in the mid to late '90s, it just had a really bad stretch of like six years or whatever. And so, you know, people stopped trading it, right? But it actually, number one, it, it worked on the lower time frames, but everyone was doing daily back then. Mm. And so, you know, that's the classic. I've seen articles on that where people actually look at it and go, okay, wait a minute. So this was working 70s, 80s, early 90s, and it kind of really went bad. I don't, I don't know exactly when it was, around 93, 92, something like that, 94. And then it kind of kicked in again, like in the early 2000s. So it might've been like a five to 10 year, eight year range where most traders would give up. And in fact, if you, if you look back at Richard Dennis, so people forget Richard Dennis was the most, he was like the Warren Buffett of the 80s. Okay, He was the most famous dude. Not that I, I mean, I was a kid, right? But he was a famous guy. He was being interviewed like Buffett is today and, and Charlie Munger, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're investors, whereas Richard Dennis was more of a trend trader. And so everyone kind of piled in on his style of, of trading and, um, and his students, of course. And then his students taught other people, you know, it kind of spread. And so the, the argument was that it just too many people were trend following. It wasn't going to work anymore, right? That was the argument. In reality, trend trading still works. And I think those rules still work as well. Maybe they have five, six years of downtime and he, he quit his fund. So Richard Dennis, the most tra- famous trader in the world who took whatever it was, $400 from his dad. And he went to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, I believe, and took it up to whatever it was, 10 million or whatever from 400 bucks. He quit his fund. A lot of his uh, uh, clients withdrew their money mm-hmm. and he lost a big chunk, like 50, 60% of his money that was in his fund. And then he was like left with like, what do I do now? And he started looking at different time frames and stuff like that. So even he had that point that he wasn't really aware of until he got to it. And then it kind of, you know, it kind of collapsed. And, that, and that's what I'm, that's, I guess, my main point here is to think of that. What is your point? Mm-hmm. Is it 20%? Is it 25? Is it 30? Is it 10? Where is that level where you're going to go, oh, this isn't working anymore? Because then you can work around that and backwards engineer around that so that you yeah. don't hit it or, or you're unlikely to hit it. Not that you don't hit it, but that you're very unlikely to hit it. Hey there, I hope you're finding this episode useful. I just wanted to let you know that Walter and I give away something valuable every month that helps traders improve their skills. You can enter to win by simply leaving an iTunes review and leaving a comment on our YouTube videos. At the end of each month, we'll look at the comments and reviews from the month and we'll pick a winner at random. 
Each comment and each review counts for one entry during the month that it's submitted. So if you're interested in that, be sure to enter after this podcast is over. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, that's a good example because I think from my impression of the trend trading um, method that he used, it's a very long term. You have to look long term and you have to be able to uh, stomach those big losses, right? Like there was going to be those big losses. So yeah, um, yeah, I could see where that still works. And I know somebody who still trend trades and he has a fund and everything. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good example, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, and you can. Uh, we'll put the. I'll put the rules. The rules used to be freely available online. If people are interested in the turtle training rules, we'll link them up in the show notes for you guys. You can download the PDF. Uh, one of the turtles put it out there because another one of the turtles was like selling not the exact rules but similar rules, and so he thought that was ridiculous because apparently that was the one turtle that didn't make money. <laughs> That's right. So he was like, yeah, it, it, I think that confidential agreement like expired or whatever. Yeah. So he put them out for free and then somehow they disappeared again off the internet. So I'm sure you can find them, but I'll put a, I'll link them up in the show notes so you guys can download them if you're curious. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, I, I agree with you totally. And I think maybe I'll refine your idea a little bit more. I think when I was thinking about it, there's probably three different types of edges, right? There's the system, which you talk a lot about, there's the conceptual edge. So maybe like you're the type of person who likes to trend trade, like we're talking about, and maybe this one trend trade trading thing isn't working, but you can tweak it a little bit because you know what how the system works and how the market's changing. And then you can conceptually stay with trend trading, but you have a different system maybe. And then the third thing is like you talked about the personality edge. Some people, you know, they no matter how hard you beat them down, they always come back. And I think that is a huge edge in itself. You know, you talk about, we talked about persistence in the past and if you can come back from losses and I think, or, or knowing when to quit also, like you said, is a good one. So I think um, those three types of edges, like I think the personality edge will last forever as long as you, you know, stay with that personality. But if you, uh, the, I don't know how long a system edge will last. I think that is the most likely to break. Uh, but the conceptual edge is, I think, kind of in the middle where, you know, it could break, it might not break, but it's more likely to stay than just the system itself, I think. And really, your your uh, view of the markets really must match your system. So that's why it's so hard to take a system out of the box that someone else teaches you. And it's better for you to kind of modify it and, and sort of mold it into, you know, something that is like, almost feels like you built it, even though, you know, we all pull from other ideas and stuff like that. I, I think I mentioned before, I used to look at the the, the new moons, <laughs> like, you know, and all that stuff. And then, and then, so I was looking at new moon, this was like 2003, 2002. So like and I was Sorry? Sort of like astrology, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. So it was like, the, you would, it would, it would mark these points where it was a new moon and the euro was meant to have a reversal there. And I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know, because I was kind of into GAN back then and stuff. And then um, after I wrote my book, I did a talk down in Melbourne, down in Victoria, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, they, you know, they, these talks, they have a dinner or whatever. And so I was at dinner with like 10 traders. And one of the guys there is like, hey, I'd really like for you to look at my book. And I'm like, oh, your trading book. He goes, yeah. I go, well, what's it about? He's like, it's, a, it's like financial astrology. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm the last guy you want, you know. to look at that i'm really sorry you know but you know so i mean i can see why people get into that because like i said i was totally into it but that's but that's not something i could trade today it's just not right i think it's really critical and it's understated in a lot of cases because people tell you hey buy the strategy take it and make money it doesn't work that way You, you really need to know 
like the turtle strategy. You could take the turtle strategy and ruin it by risking too much. Mm -hmm. And the turtles didn't risk a whole lot. Some of the best rules in that turtle strategy that you guys can download in the show notes is, are the, the rules around risk mm -hmm. and how to avoid terrible drawdowns. And they talk about being fully loaded and have a maximum number of trades, which actually maps on pretty well to Forex traders now because of our reduced leverage. So before it wasn't really much of an issue because you were getting a hey, thousand to one, 500 to one. And now that's changed. Even down here in Australia, we've now swapped over to what the States had for years and what uh, Europe has had over the last couple of years. And then now we've got it uh, as of two months ago. Oh. here so our leverage has really really been reduced so it, it means rules like that make a lot of sense like getting to the point where you're like fully loaded you have the maximum number of trades on you can't go any further so i think i would encourage people to check those out but yeah it's 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 absolutely true that you know you like you you are the edge in in a way i think that's yeah. kind of your point right like and so how do you maintain that well that's a lot of what we're talking about here in this podcast right mm -hmm. psychology stuff how do you maintain the edge like how do you keep convincing yourself because that's the thing about trading like you know i'm almost convinced that it's not really the traders that have the gangbuster strategies so much as it's the traders who are super resilient and able to keep with it even in the darkest hours like that almost to me is like the thing that you know pulls people along and keeps them in because like i know plenty of traders that now they're back they're away from trading and now they're doing multi-level marketing or real estate or whatever you know I me mean? but like five years ago they were fully into trading and reading every trading book they could get mm -hmm. but they hit, hit a certain point and they had to give up and so i think that that resilience is so critical so i think it's exactly what you're talking about it's like you are the edge in a way and the way that you interact with your drawdowns the way you interact with your strategy i like to like for example i like trading trend trading strategies but I also like trading strategies where the market's consolidating and bouncing off like a consolidation box. Like those are my two favorite ways to trade right now. And so my biggest question, and they both make sense to me, right? Like, so it's not like I go, oh, you know, trend trading is the only way to go. No, sometimes the markets don't trend, you know? So you got to get to that point as a trader, you have, you have enough strategies in your tool belt, so to speak, that you can whip them out when you know the time is right. And, 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 and you know that you're not going to, push it so hard that you have that terrible drawdown that makes you rethink whether or not it's still working. So it's, it's really, it's really an important point that you made. Yeah, that's true. And I think we, sometimes we're afraid to step out of the box, right? We have to conform to these like train systems that you see on the internet or you see on these courses or whatever. And going back to your point on the astrology, like I totally blew that off also until maybe like a year ago. And then I had one of those like birth chart readings and not, not that I would trade astrology necessarily, but it opened my mind more to it because when I saw that birth chart and the, the woman told me the reading and everything, I was like, wow, that's, this is actually kind of a science, <laughs> right? It's not as out there as I thought it was. So, you know, yeah. that's something that you look at and um, some people actually trade stocks like that because they look at the chart of the stock, the birth yeah. of the company and stuff like that. So I don't know, something I might look into, but don't be afraid yeah. to you know, try something different and something that resonates with you. Yeah. And that, that openness that, um, that you have that some psychologists call it openness, the openness to new ideas and new inputs that, um, I think is something that plays into your ability to trade uncorrelated strategies. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not very open and, and you're just locked in the idea that you must trade the trend, right? Or that you must risk 2% or whatever it is. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you as a trader to have a diversified suite 
of trading strategies, right? Because mm-hmm. yes. uh, it's not enough to trade different markets. That's not going to work. It will not work. They're too correlated. They're, they move in concert. It's just, it's not a good, it's not a good uh, way to go. You feel free to try that, you know, and go to down 10 years down that path and get back to me and see what you think. But it's, it really doesn't work. I can tell you that. And the correlations are there. So yeah, so I would say, you know, having that ability to be open to new ideas is great. And it, it is interesting to me, like astrology is one of those things that is so old, like a lot of like, you think of like uh, Western medicine, uh, Western medicine has changed so much. Like we don't do bloodletting anymore. You don't go into the hospital and they go, oh, what you need to do is let that blood out. Let's crack your skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, whereas astrology, you know, it's kind of been the same thing for a long time and it's kind of like covered up and, and, and poo-pooed and science and whatever. And so it is, I think it's something that you should definitely look into if it's something that strikes you, you should definitely take a look at it because there's a lot in, in the trading world uh, related to it as well, you know, and we've had presidents, apparently uh, Ronald Reagan, his, mm. his wife was yeah. so into it and convinced him that they, like he would only have certain meetings with the Russians when this, when the stars were aligned and all this stuff, like he had certain dates for his speeches and all that, like, it was all basically on Nancy Reagan's uh, astrologer. So I don't know if people know that. So it's, that's, it's, you know, Reagan's not that long ago, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so it's, it's been around for what centuries or thousands of years, maybe. Right. So yeah. At, somebody has to use it and it has to work for somebody. Otherwise it wouldn't, wouldn't stay around. So you would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Walter. See ya. Yeah. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.